Jesus said, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can you hear at the back? Now's the time to say. <laughs> I think we have a lion amongst us. Could we have the lion? Limp, limp. <laughs> and we have somebody called Anne for short. You're not limping, are you? But you don't know the lion's there, do you? How are you going to behave when you see the lion? Shock, horror, yes, you're frightened, stand back. <gasps> now what are you going to do? Good man. <sighs> What's that in the lion's paw? It's a very large thorn. Can you get it? It must hurt the lion most horribly. Can you get it out all right? Terrific, well done. Now run like smoke before the lion bites you. Well done, well done. Now, now put a hat on, please, to show that you are now an older man. And times have changed. You're grown up now, and you're living in a world which is a little bit hostile to Christians. And you're about to be asked a tricky question by a couple, oh, here they come, a couple of thugs, really. They're probably secret policemen or Roman legionaries. Look at them. Oh dear, what are they going to ask? Are you a Christian? Yes! So what? Tricksy business, what are we going to do? <laughs> You'll have to say you're not a Christian or we'll throw you to the lions. That's pretty tough. What are you going to do, Anne? Good girl. Oh dear, oh dear. Looks fierce, this lion. Looks very fierce. What's going to happen? Oh dear, this is. Uh, look away, please, if you're under 27. What's it? The lion is sniffing, Androcles. Why is that? Anne was gentle to the lion. The lion remembered and didn't eat her. Well, we're talking about gentleness. Let's pray a moment. Lord our Father, please show your fruit in us this day. And if I say something tough, please, please explain it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, 
I have to tell you that when I became a Christian, people were very gentle with me in the process of me becoming a Christian. Very gentle, very patient, and very kind. Gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit that we've been thinking about for some time. Uh, but before I was a Christian, I wasn't. I had red hair. And uh, that meant that a lot of entertainment could be had by making my life a misery. When I was away at a certain school for three months, I found that I was pretty much on my own with my red hair. And I'm ashamed to say that in order to stop other people tormenting me, I picked on other people in the hope that that would divert attention from myself. And that's what some people do. I became, in short, a bully. I have to say that at the beginning, in case you think what I say about the church later is unfair. Gentleness. There's a bit of a tricky translation uh, about this, really, because in some translations, gentleness comes earlier on, and in the authorized version, it's the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. But in modern translations, the word that has come there as gentleness is translated kindness. Um, and Fee, whose book we're going through here, uh, page 122, we're almost getting towards the last of the uh, description of fruit. So we won't perhaps be reading him again, I don't know. But he says this, this word is the most difficult to translate adequately by an English word. It conveys at least the sense of humility towards oneself, that is, a proper estimation of oneself before God, and considerateness towards others. He says, It is that fruit of the Spirit at work in those who do not think too highly of themselves, but who in humility consider others better than themselves. And this word is translated meekness sometimes. Uh, in the authorized version, translated meekness. And this is a softening interest, a softening aspect of, of the word for meekness. What, what do we think of when we, when we see, hear the word meek? Meek, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. A sort of wimp, doormat, is that what we, we might think? I want to suggest to you that when the word for meekness is used in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it means something rather stronger than that. In Numbers 12, Moses is described as very meek, or the most meek man. Moses. Think of his life and his conduct. Not feeble. Gentle, but not feeble. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, and my note in the ESV study Bible that I use tells me that uh, the meek are those who do not assert themselves over others in order to further their own agendas in their own strength, but trust God to direct the course of events. Oh dear, Mary's had enough already. <laughs> Meekness seems to have 
a spiritual element. Jesus says in this passage from Matthew, take my yoke upon you. Now, this is not the milkmaid yoke, which is wooden bar over one person with ropes hanging down to carry two milk buckets or water buckets. This is the other yoke. This is the yoke for two oxen pulling a plow. Elisha, if you remember, was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. So it's two cows pulling a plow or a cart, sharing the load. Take my yoke upon you. Now, some people think that this, this represents God's control in a way. But this is a matter more of allegiance to Jesus than the imposition of the law. But he says, take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls can only come, can't it, from Jesus' triumphant submission at Calvary. Gentleness to the nth degree to those who were crucifying him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Do as I say, do what I do, live as I live. The God of heaven and earth inviting us to share our burden with him. Now that's how we usually look at it, isn't it? But it could also be the God of heaven and earth calling us, us to share his yoke, to do what he wants us to do, rather than just to take away our burdens. Why does he say, take the yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart? What's that got to do with it? Maybe we don't learn quite so well. Maybe we don't learn quite so well from arrogance. Gentleness, I think, is an intentional thing, an act of the will from a renewed mind. Sometimes we need a re reminder uh, for Romans 12. Present yourselves to God, transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it must surely involve love. It's no surprise, it's not an accident that the great passage on love in 1 Corinthians 13 comes in between the two passages dealing with the gifts of the Spirit. It's surely no surprise that in John's Gospel, John 15, talking of love and abiding in Christ's love, comes between the two chapters dealing with the work of the Spirit. And I think that meekness has something to do with doing and telling and sharing. If you think for a moment of um, Acts 4, the disciples, Peter and John, they've just been arrested after uh, the healing of the man by the gate, beautiful, and by their, after their sermons. They've been arrested by the very people uh, who have arrested Jesus, just a, really, I suppose, just a few weeks before. And I imagine that they might have been uh, quite frightened when they're told that they must not preach anymore by the very people who'd handed the Lord over to the Romans for crucifixion. And this is what they say. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. We cannot help but speak of what we have seen and heard. 
Now, that, that seems to me to be tremendous strength, courage, courage, boldness, witness, all from the Spirit, in the face of an enemy. But it is gentle. It's not angry. And this is what uh, Peter himself, one of those two, says later. 1 Peter 3. Even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, just think of Androcles and the lion for a moment, if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. In your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that is within you. Only do it with gentleness and respect. Now, this is, this is the difficult bit. I have to say that I have come across people in hospitals and in cells and in other places who say that they have lost their faith as a result of the manner in which Christians from various different denominations have treated them judgmentally, dismissive, hypocritically, far from gently. For example, shunning or abusing or judging or controlling or exploiting attitudes of superiority in matters of gender, sexual orientation, race, treatment of women, relationship breakdown, addiction. These are things which people have said to me that have been contributory to their losing their faith and not being able to hear the gospel. People notice. In 1976, Liz and I went to a church in London, not telling you which one. It was a prominent evangelical church. There was a very angry demonstration held during the service against a book which was written and which included a comparison of homosexuality to cannibalism. Not gentle, not meek. Uh, one person who was amongst those demonstrating yelled at me that I hated him because he was homosexual. I said, I don't. Then you hate me because I'm black. And I, I'd never met you before. But because of that particular turn of phrase in that particular book, he couldn't hear anything. He really couldn't hear. He was so enraged. And although I'm sure the book was written to engage us and to explain doctrine, the effect for a number of people was that they couldn't hear the Christian message. Years ago, we used to talk about uh, hating the sin but loving the sinner. And I'm sure that's a principle. But nevertheless, I find now it's a bit trite and difficult to manage. I do know a 17-year-old at the time, older now, who lost her faith uh, because on a Christian holiday, I'm trying to read this, so if anybody says, what did you say afterwards? I've got the words and I can say what I've said, so forgive me if it doesn't sound very spontaneous. But I think it's important I don't get it wrong. 
On a Christian holiday, a youth leader spoke rather disparagingly about the Quran, misquoting it. And this was in a group session. And uh, he was addressing someone whom he thought came from a Muslim background. He was wrong about that. And he hadn't read the Quran. Uh, the lady concerned had read the Quran. Uh, and so had uh, the person <laughs> that uh, he was trying to correct. Uh, and they both told him in terms that he had not quoted it correctly. But the importance of that was that that youth leader and for that individual, 17 then, 30-something now, it was harder for her to hear the Christian message and what she had already heard had been undermined by that and by other aspects of Christian uh, parents' response to uh, issues of gender. And others say that controlling or abusive or childhood events of another kind, which have involved the church or people who see themselves as Christians, have left them damaged. So for some, this fruit, if we don't have Jesus' gentleness, looks a bit more like a rather hard prickly pear than a nice sweet strawberry. And in Galatians 6, uh, Paul goes on and he says this, um, just after the fruit of the Spirit in chapter 5, verse 22, 6-1, Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, filled by the Spirit, should restore him or her in a spirit of gentleness. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. Now Jesus, Jesus, Jesus restored Peter and John by the lake in a spirit of gentleness. They met him there after they'd followed him to the high priest's house when he was arrested. Peter denied Jesus. John did nothing to help. Peter had tried uh, to prevent Jesus being arrested by uh, wielding a sword and cutting off the ear of the high priest. That's a head injury to the ear. These days he might well be arrested for attempted murder or at least GBH. And if they had all been arrested, where would they have been on the day of Pentecost? So Jesus has, at the very moment of his arrest, when he's facing his own sternest test of his understanding, his mission, his purpose, his nature, his identity, everything, has to divert from that. And in the greatest possible gentleness, he heals the ear. He doesn't even say anything. He just heals the ear of somebody coming to take him to the cross. And he says in his prayer to his father about his disciples, I have protected them and kept them safe. None has been lost of those you gave me except the one doomed to destruction. That's John 17, slightly shortened. So Jesus, meek, gentle, protected, healed, restored, and later his followers learnt from him. Have we in the church these days? The debate, if that's a polite word, in America today about abortion. Just think about it for a moment. 
How does it score for gentleness, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, joy, peace? How does it score for that? Self-control. Is either side winning souls by this debate? And there are Christians on both sides. Jesus forgave Peter and John. He met them gently. He cooked breakfast. He provides, he proved himself again with the miraculous catch of fish. He spoke to them individually. He reinstated them both for service, fulfilling his own prophetic word to Peter. When you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Meekness, gentleness as a fruit of God's spirit surely should restore people to repentance after sin or failure, not drive them away. Now, I know there are very hard issues here, and I don't pretend to perfection, and I know that we've all messed up horribly in our judgment of folk. Well, I have. But are any particular sins really worse than others? Do we really keep a hit list of those that we want to tell other people about in particular? How close does denying Jesus come to the top of the tree? And yet we sometimes want to focus on some of the things that we think other people are doing wrong. Nearly there. Fruit grows. It's not an instant gift. It takes time to grow. It takes nourishment. It takes Praying time, thinking time, reading time, abiding time, gentle, loving agreement or engagement at any rate, rather than being determined to win a verbal argument. But meekness does not give in. It does not give up. So, Lord, I pray that we can keep a proper understanding of what you showed when you faced these difficult situations. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly of heart and you will find rest for your souls. Amen.